Welcome to Mental Health Matters with Marty, Season 2, Episode 1. My name is Martina Sellers, marriage and family therapist here in the beautiful state of California where the sun is always shining. I will serve as your host and mental health hygienist. The purpose of this broadcast is to address various mental health conditions that too many of us in our communities of color are afraid to address such as anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other conditions that negatively affect our health and wellness mentally, physically, and spiritually. Each week, I will be bringing to you a thought-provoking topic on mental health to move you from doubt and discouragement to encouragement and empowerment. We have to stop the stinking thinking that has been plaguing us for far too long. You don't have to continue to secretly suffer in silence and the shadow of shame, but speak up, speak out, and live. Today's episode of Mental Health Matters with Marty is sponsored by Marcel Consulting and Mental Health Services, providing quality services in mental health, parenting, anger management, and domestic violence, as well as foster care services throughout Southern California. Please reach out to them at MarcelConsulting.com. That's Marcel, M-A-R-S-E-L-L, Consulting.com for any additional inquiries. Y'all, I am so excited about this season. Can you believe this is season two? And for those of you who have been with me through season one, I Thank you so much. I am so excited about just trying some new things. We have been working hard behind the scenes to make Mental Health Matters with Marty even more relevant and even more bringing you better content and those things that's going to help make you a better person. What can you expect in season two? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question. What you can expect is definitely interviews. I am going to be introducing interviews starting with episode two, where we're going to be interviewing other people throughout the community, other clinicians, other doctors, and and so forth, in order that we might get a better understanding. I believe in an integrative approach to therapy. What does that mean? I believe in working with doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists, um, your nurse practitioner, all of those things in order that we might put together the best treatment plan possible for you. So with that being said, y'all, I'm so excited because I really want this not to be any other type of podcast, especially when it pertains to mental health, but we really want to help you unlock the fears that you might have about therapy, going to therapy. No, is not a rich white person's disease or anything like that. Listen, I have always said therapy and mental health has no respect of person, has no respect of class, has no respect of gender, identity, religious affiliations, or anything It is an equal opportunity offender. It does not care about what you think about yourself or what others think about you. Everyone has an opportunity or even everyone, better yet saying, everyone is susceptible to having some sort of mental health condition at some time or another in your life. It's common. And we have to quit thinking that just because I am temporarily having a crisis or I'm temporarily having an anxiety attack or I'm temporarily 
feeling depressed. It does not define you. Listen, we get to define the disorder. Listen, you don't have to allow what you thought to be a presenting problem in your life to be the presenting attribute of your life. You can put that baby on the shelf, deal with it and move on and live productive lives because we all are going to feel something at some time. Listen, moving causes me great anxiety. I hate to move, y'all. I hate it with a passion. It just stresses me out. Life happens. Death, stressful situation. Marriage, I don't care how good the marriage is or the possibility of the marriage, it's stressful because you're changing your life. And we have to recognize that life changes and life changes presents life issues. Life issues can present some mental health challenges. They don't have to be lifelong. They don't have to be long-term. They can be short-term. They can be a week. They can be a day. It doesn't matter. We all are going to have some sort of mental health challenge in our lives. And don't tell anyone. It's okay. Really, it is. So what I wanted to start off with this episode really is defining what psychotherapy really is. Now we hear that name, psychotherapy. We all freak out. Psychotherapy, that's such, don't be thrown off by the name. Psychotherapy simply means mental health therapy. It doesn't have to be any deeper than that. I'm going to see a psychotherapist. You're seeing a mental health therapist. They're so interchangeable in these days. And in this time of COVID, we are still in this COVID thing. Y'all, we thought it was going to be over just a couple weeks in March. Here we are in October of 2020, still dealing with the same thing. And the situation has changed gravely since March. Because of COVID, we are seeing a lot more anxiety. We are seeing a lot more depression. We're seeing, we haven't even discovered and uncovered rather all of the uh, domestic violence that's taking place, all the child abuse, the elderly abuse, all of these other things, as a, the post-traumatic stress that's going to come out as a result of this, the OCD or obsessive compulsion disorder, all of that that's going to happen as a result of this pandemic. Why? Because we have never in our lifetime seen such a thing as this. And when change happens, it can bring about change in our mental stability. So we need to learn how to talk about this so that we can address it properly. Just because I'm stressed out, does not mean I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes, I said it. You are not cuckoo, baby. You are just trying to work things out and process to the best of your ability in order that you might live a normal life. And listen, give yourself permission to live a normal life. And normal is relative based upon who you are, the environment you are been raised in, per se, and where you are striving to go. So stop limiting yourself. And how do we do that? By stop putting negative connotations and meanings behind words and, and statuses that we don't understand, such as psychotherapy. So in this thing of therapy, yes, why did you become a therapist, Marty? I became a therapist because I love helping people. I became a therapist because I wanted to make a difference in people's lives. I became a therapist because I needed help myself. Yes, I did. And a good therapist will see a therapist themselves. We don't have all the answers. And our job as therapists is not to tell you what to do. Our job is to point out 
behaviors. Our job is to point out and help you look at your life from a different perspective. I don't know you. I don't know anything about you. I am not here to judge you. And I want to create a safe zone for you to say what you need to say and stop bottling it up. I say it so often, especially with men, we have the shaken Coke syndrome. We keep suppressing things and suppressing things, never talking about it. And then the slightest pressure comes and we explode all over everything and everyone. Stop exploding. Start talking and getting this out. So let's start here. What is the difference between counseling and therapy? Well, if we have to talk about it, in many situations, counseling and therapy are interchangeably used. Now, I like to use it in this manner. When I think of counseling, I do think of something that is more short term. In other words, I think of it something that maybe lasts from six to 12, maybe 15 weeks. That is something that is very solution focused, something that is very direct, that we're dealing with a specific issue or a challenge that you are facing in your life. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's a change that's happening. Uh, Maybe you had a baby. Maybe you lost a job, lost a loved one, lost a relationship, whatever. That can cause you to go through some psychological or mental changes in the way that you perceive and the way that you even think about certain things and it's affecting, here's the key, it's affecting your normal behavior. You are no longer participating in normal activities like you would had you been in your quote unquote right mind. So I think of counseling as something that is very, something that is short term that usually lasts somewhere between 6, 12 to 15 weeks with that. Again, very focused. When I'm talking about therapy, this is just Marty's, Marty's definition. It's not everyone's. But again, these terms are used interchangeably in so many ways. So don't get thrown off by saying that I'm a counselor or I'm a therapist or I'm going to counseling, I'm going to therapy. It really is all the same thing, depending on what is most comfortable for you in your definition. Now, therapy, I usually think, is something that's more long-term, that lasts for three months or longer. I do have some patients that I have been seeing for two and some for three years. Why? That's a long time. Well, when you've gone through hell and back, not once, not twice, but several times, it takes some time to get through and process all the hell that some of us have been through in order to maintain and grasp onto some sort of sanity and putting your life back together. When we're talking about trauma, trauma is not something that you unpack immediately. Listen, when you are going from a mansion down to a two-bedroom or a two-bedroom to a mansion, you have to go through the boxes that you have packed. And too many of us want to just throw it in the garage or throw it in the storage and never deal with it again. Well, baby, we have to unpack the hurt, the harm, the damage that has been done because we are carrying around dead weight. So when we're doing that, that pertains to what I like to call not just some counseling, but some long-term therapy. Why? Because we need to learn what we have to unpack and what we need to throw away, what we need to burn up, what we need to toss out into the ocean, what we need to bury in the backyard and never deal with it again. And that takes time because we have to wade through emotions. We have to wade through hurt. We have to wade through blaming ourselves for things that we no longer had control over. 
anymore. So in that terms, listen, your therapist or your counselor, these are not just ordinary people. These are master level qualifications. In other words, I've done my four or five years of bachelor's work uh, of my general things I like to do. And then I go to take a master's program. In other words, I take on another three plus years to get my master's. And why do I say three plus years? Because after I've done the book work or the classwork and the research with that, most of us in my particular master's program, I had to do five, a minimum of 500 additional free hours or free therapy before I got my degree. Well, I was working full time and trying to squeeze that 500 hours in. It took me about six plus months uh, in order to do that, but more like closer to nine months, to be totally honest. So I had to do all of those things. Then after I did that, I got my degree, but it did not mean I could just go out and start practicing. No, I had to study under someone as and to be a an associate for an additional 3,000 hours while taking exams with the Board of Behavior Science here in California. I had to take a law and ethics exam, and then I have to take an exam to get a licensure with that. And then after that, after I get approved and pass all of those things, then can I be a licensed marriage and family therapist? That's just my title with that. So I want to kind of clarify those things. So these are just not put something in the mail and get a certification back. No, nah, baby, we had to study. We had to do hours We had before we did any of those other things. So when you are going to a counselor, when you are going to a therapist, you are going to someone who has not only done the book work, but has also done the additional 3,000 and all these hours that they have to put in before they can be considered a licensed individual according to that particular state and the standards that is happening within that state. So now you understand why sometimes fees have to be. Listen, I still got student loans I'm paying off. Help me, Holy Ghost, but that's a whole other different subject. Now, I want to also talk next. Y'all, we just, I want to make sure that we understand this because as long as we keep having misconceptions, about this, we will never seek therapists in that regards. Now, what's the difference between a life coach and a mental health therapist? I'm so glad you asked that question. I got some smart listeners out there. Y'all are amazing. A life coach can be a therapist, but not necessarily a therapist. There are several life coaches out there who do not have bachelors, who do not have masters. So that's why I always think it's important that we ask, what are your credentials in doing this? Now, that's not to dis or discount life coaches because there are some amazing life coaches out there. The purpose of life coaches in a lot of settings is goal-oriented or life structure-oriented. They have specific goals. Now, many of them go through rigorous trainings. For example, I know John Maxwell has a life coaching division of his institution. Now, that's about a year-long training that he does. And then you go to his classes, you have someone that you study under, and there is a cost uh, somewhere between $1,500 and $2,500, I'm not for sure the exact amount, that you are paying to be a certified, quote-unquote, John Maxwell life coach in that regards. Now, if we 
we're talking about a therapist. Like I said earlier, these are master level education people who have done their schooling, their internship hours, and any state requirements that is necessary for getting the degree and license that they are looking to obtain. So there are different levels within becoming a therapist depending upon the school you went to and the state that you are from. Now, mine is marriage and family therapist uh, or an MFT. And then we go through the AMFT, which is an associate of marriage and family therapist, or an LMFT, which is the licensed marriage and family therapist. Then we also have Masters of Social Work, which is an MSW. The pre-licensure is an ASW. And once you become licensed, that is an LCSW, or a licensed clinical social worker. Then we also have the degree of professional clinical counselor. Uh, in the pre-licensure stage is APCC, and then in the licensure stage is an LPCC. All of those, for the most part, work interchangeably. In other words, they're all qualified therapists, not just from a certification, but they've done the degree, they've done the uh, intern hours, and they've, they're doing or have done the hours that is required by whichever state that they are uh, under that particular jurisdiction of. So those are your therapists, if you will. Now, so many of us have questions about psychologists versus psychiatrists. So let's put this out there. A psychologist and a psychiatrist are now doctoral levels. In other words, they have their BA, they have their master's, and they've done additional schooling, anywhere from two to three years of doctoral work in that. So let's talk first about a psychologist. A psychologist is one who conducts specific studies on behaviors and brain studies. They observe, interview, and survey individuals. They research and identify behavioral patterns. So, So let me say it in a nutshell. For those who have children who may have special needs, they have what are in school systems call an IEP or an individual education plan. This is what your psychologist does. They do all these studies and reports and write these long. An IEP could be anywhere from 20, 30, 40, 50 pages long. God bless them for those who are there. And a psychologist writes all of those. They do all of the studies to see if they have a math deficiency or an English deficiency or a behavioral modification that needs to happen and what those modifications might look like. And then as adults, those five, um, excuse me, IEPs become 504 plans. In other words, some um, additional assistance that you might need, whether it's at the DMV or at school and college or so forth. So those what those psychologists does. And psychologists can also do the uh, IQ examinations with you as well. So psychologists are even much more in-depth research about whatever a mental health condition or mental health concern might be. As for a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist provides psychological treatment and prescribes medication. Now, your psychiatrist is the one who can prescribe psychotropic meds. In other words, they've gone to medical school in order to do that. Wow, Hats off to psychiatrists. So if you find a good psychiatrist, you found 
uh, they're worth their weight in gold. Now, other people who can write psychotropic meds uh, are your general practitioner or your MDs. Normally, they write for depression or anxiety, postpartum for, for those who are having babies or something like that. In other words, your medical doctor can and now also psychiatric nurses. Now, in some states, there are therapists who take an additional year of schooling who can write some of the lower psychotropic meds for some of the anxiety, depression. Here in California, that does not happen. So your psychiatrist is one who writes the prescriptions for psychotropic meds. Now, with that being said, I said earlier that I believe in an integrative approach to therapy. So what am I saying by that? That you as the client or the patient gives me the therapist permission to talk to the psychiatrist. You give me the uh, permission to talk to the psychologist. You give me permission and vice versa to talk to your medical doctor or your specialist so that we can collectively put the best treatment together for you. Because truth be told, we don't take care of our minds enough. Do you know that Our minds and our brains are so powerful that, listen, you can see your therapist more often than you see your medical doctor. You can see your therapist more often than you see your psychologist. You see your therapist more often than you see your psychiatrist. Why? Because our brain, our mind is such the central force to our mental, our physical, and our spiritual health. So if me as the therapist or or myself as the therapist is now talking with you uh, and also talking with your doctor and your psychologist and your psychiatrist. Imagine the amazing plan that we can put together for your life in order for you to be successful. So you can give us permission to do that. However, if you don't, I can't share anything with your doctor. If you don't, I can't share anything with your psychologist. If you don't, I can't share anything with your psychiatrist. Why? Because you fall under the confidentiality that applies to therapy, that applies to your doctor. We all have to follow those rules and state regulation and national regulations in order to protect you. So I advise you, if you are seeing a therapist and if you are going to a doctor or anything else, give us permission to talk to each other with you around so that we can get the best treatment plan that is possible for your success in that. And lastly, I want to address also some of the various certification programs that also support mental health, such as drug and alcohol certifications. Now, those actually are in most states and most cases associate or two-year degree programs. And there are different levels, a drug and alcohol counselor level one, two, three, and there's a wonderful also national accreditation that can happen with that as well. There are anger management specialists. There are domestic violence specialists. And these are usually anger management is about a 24-hour type of training that you don't have to be a master's level, that anyone can get those and be certified in them. Now, normally, with that being the case, there is a supervisor that oversees them as well. And on domestic violence, there's usually a 40-hour, 40-plus-hour training that is involved. And again, another supervisor. But again, even in those programs, drug and alcohol, anger management, domestic violence, parenting classes, and parenting certifications and all those, I strongly advise you also to work with your therapist in that. 
Because as you grow, you want your therapist to know these things. Now, can a therapist do some drug and alcohol training? Of course. Can a therapist do anger management training? Of course. Can a therapist do some domestic violence? Of course. However, these other ones become specialists in this. So those become some specialties because I am a certified anger management specialist. So I have that specialty in addition to my MFT or my master's in marriage and family therapy as well. And then we get other specialties that come along, whether you're a sex therapist or your specialty can be in child development or play therapy. So there's so many different facets of it. So I share all that today to say that there are so many different things that you can do with therapy. And also I say, find the therapist that best meets your needs, that best understands your personality, your cultural development, that best is in your slant. Just like you have to find time to find the right medical doctor, find the right therapist that works for you. Listen, I'm not the right therapist for everyone, and I'm okay with saying that. And you have to find the one that is best for you. And let me throw this one out there for you as well. You should not enter into, if a therapist says, I got to have a year-long contract with you, that's not the right therapist for you because you have the right to terminate therapy at any time time with that under most conditions with that so i thought it was very important to at least create a premise and foundation of what therapy and therapists are all about so that we get a better understanding here at mental health matters with marty i want to educate you as best i can in those situations please feel free to reach out to us and tell us your thoughts your comments we welcome it as always And again, I want to thank you for joining me in this week's edition of Mental Health Matters with Marty. We are in season two, y'all. I'm so excited. Just be prepared. Get your seatbelt on. Be prepared for the ride because we are going someplace with this. You could have chosen any other podcast to listen to, but I am so glad that you chose this one. Please like and share this podcast if you know someone that could benefit from these helpful tools and even understanding of mental health therapy today, like we tried to explain to you during this podcast. Apple listeners, please give us a five-star rating and a review so others can see it as well. I can also be found on various social media platforms, on Facebook at Mental Health Matters with Marty, Instagram, mental underscore health underscore marty youtube martinez sellers and twitter mh underscore with marty become an i matter member of mental health matters with marty by simply texting i matter to 31996 to get all exclusive and premier information as well as visit my website at mental health marty There you will find some amazing merchandise to support you on your journey of maintaining a healthy mental health life. In this journey called life, you do not have to secretly suffer in silence in the shadow of shame. It is my desire to break the negative stigma of mental health and wellness for all people. We have to stop the stinking thinking by changing our mindsets and learning how to enjoy our lives. As always, remember to speak up, speak out, and live. Take care.